Lesbian Dudes here on the Draft Dudes Podcast, presented by Locked On. It's Joe Marino and Kyle Krabs from the Draft Network, and we are your hosts here on this Friday edition of the show. We are talking AFC North 2020 NFL Draft Recap. Kyle, good morning. This Baltimore team is so obnoxious. They are. They got two players in outside the top 200 that you and I at some point on this podcast have both raved about. Talking about Broderick Washington. No, outside the top 200, Geno Stone and James Prochet. Jeez. Like I, I raved about Prochet and you raved about Geno Stone. And they got them both outside the top 200. Yep. And Broderick Washington was my sleeper defensive tackle. We both loved Bredesen. I got Bredesen top 100. Yeah. Phillips is a brand guy for the like people movers that they like. Yep. Malik Harrison. Patrick, Patrick Queen is linebackers. Right. Totally filled that what problem. What plane of existence do these guys live on? And why is it different than everyone else? Because they just let everyone else do their stupid stuff. And then they just like, oh, well, thank you. You want to take Jordan Brooks? You want to take Kenneth Murray and trade up for him? Cool. We'll just take the best linebacker in the draft at 28 and the one that fits our scheme. They just, the NFL lets it happen. You know, Matt, a bleak at like, 71. Yeah. And like Cam Akers went at 52 over J.K. Dobbins. Which, if right. you want to run zone, which which the Rams run, like makes sense of that. Never mind the fact that freaking Rams need offensive linemen out the wazoo, yeah. and they like didn't draft a single one. You just took Daryl Henderson last year, like in the third round, too. Right. And if you're going to take a zone specific guy, why wouldn't Dobbins be the pick? It's hard to fathom. And he catches the ball good too. Matt Abuike now is going to step into a defensive line that's behind, like, he's going to learn behind. They got Calais Campbell for, like, Hamson. a loaf of bread. Yeah. Like, who the frick cares? I'm not crazy about the Devin Duvernay pick, but, like, from a speed perspective, he's a track background dude playing in the slot with Lamar Jackson and his speed and the speed and power of their running. Like, what do you think it is? That two very much slot receiver approach and Duvernay. What do you yeah. think the thought process is there? Draft good football players. Yeah, probably more than anything. Get another four, three guy and some crazy hands in Prochet. Yep. Like that's, that's, that is the Ravens. It's funny how, like, if you let the board come to you, like you'll just get good football players. And a lot of the times they'll end up fitting into needs on your roster anyway. But like <laughs> the Patrick queen one was nuts, Right where the Chargers trade up to 24 and they pluck Kenneth Murray, presumably from the Saints at 20, 24. Chargers go up to 23, pluck him in front of the Saints. Seahawks have a trade on the table and elect not to trade down so that they can draft Jordan Brooks, the spot in front of the Ravens. And the Ravens are like, okay. I'm trying to think of like what... It's like that skit. I don't remember what it's from, but it's like it's like a bank robbery or something. And it's like literally it just like the money bag just like falls into your lap. Like you're driving your car opposite of the getaway car. They hit a bump and a bag of money pops right out and like lands in your lap and you just drive away. And it's like, OK. If you're going to twist my arm, I'll take <laughs> the best linebacker available and not complain about it. Your biggest need to. Yeah, this this team's this whole class. Yeah, and I like I want Broderick Washington's another good defensive line fit for them. Just his mentality 
his leverage, his power at the point. You know, he's not super sharp at finding the football, but he he can be disruptive, and I like that he fits that style of defensive line that they play. <laughs> what you laughing at? Uh, what pick did they take? Did they get Bredesen at 143? Yeah. The teams that picked in front of them that chose interior offensive linemen, there was two. Uh-huh. Actually, technically three. Uh, Miami at 111 took Solomon Kindly instead of Bredesen. Mm-hmm. Traded up right, one. and did very different body builds, right. right? So, like that could be piece of the puzzle. But Bredesen's got plenty of power. Yeah. The Detroit Lions one twenty one took Logan Stenberg. Not as good of a player, but same model as far as physicality, right? Right, right. But not as good a player. And by the way, um, Stenberg can't really move right relative to what Brett, right yeah and then the pittsburgh steelers took kevin kevin dotson at 135 <laughs> the three interior offensive linemen that went directly ahead of ben bredesen were all the same brand of football player and all perceivably in my opinion worse versions of the same football player ravens man this is up there with the Jets for me, I think, in terms of elite draft classes. This one's probably better than the Jets, maybe. I'm currently in the process of stacking my board versus my rankings for the full draft classes. And the way that I score it is I treat it off of tiers and like the trade value chart. Mm-hmm. So it's like if you're a top 10 pick, what is the average value of a top 10 pick? based on the trade value chart. And then I'll assign trade value pick charts to the players on my personal big board rankings. So like player number one is worth 3000 points and player number two is worth 2000 points or like whatever it turns out to be. And you get like this net plus minus. And then I can go back and add up the draft class and say, okay, where was this tier of pick? They drafted a top 10 pick. The average score of a top 10 pick is 1800 points. They picked Joe Burrow number one overall. He was my number one overall player that's a plus like 1200 points on the trade value chart for them. Does that make sense? Yeah. So that's what I'm currently in the process of putting together this week. I did a little bit of that data entry last night. I'll hope to have it over the weekend, but like I'm looking forward to seeing because you do the eyeball test and it's the jets and Ravens from the AFC at the very least for sure. in Jacksonville as another team that just continues to draft my brand of football players. Anxious to see where that stacks up. Kyle, if you're like me, you probably start thinking about what to eat for dinner while you're eating lunch. I love food, and that's why I love using Postmates. But I kind of love them even more right now because I can get food delivered without leaving the house or even opening the door. Given what's going on in the world, they created non-contact deliveries. So now when I order from local restaurants, everything gets left right outside my door. They also have Postmates Pickup, which I've been using to order takeout from my favorite local restaurants. Listen up. You guys need to be supporting neighborhood spots right now. I've only been ordering local because it's a great way to support my community. And Postmates doesn't just deliver burgers and sushi. They actually make my life easier by picking up everything I need from Walgreens and 7-Eleven and dropping it off outside my door. Just download Postmates on Apple or Android, find your favorites, and get anything you want delivered within the hour. For a limited time, Postmates is giving our listeners 
$100 of free delivery credit for your first seven days. To start your free deliveries, download the app and use code LOCKEDONNFL. That's code LOCKEDONNFL for $100 of free delivery credit for your first seven days when you download the Postmates app. Anything you need, anytime you need it, Postmate it. So, Joe. Joe. Postmates came in clutch for me last night. I got uh, there. I don't think I ever took you, but you've been up here a couple of times. We've gone. I almost got Green Turtle. Oh, the Green almost Turtle. Almost got the, the hot wings from Green don't, Turtle. I'll get the hot wings from Green Turtle in Delaware. <laughs> That's a story for another day. Yeah. Um, but it's called uh, Green, and it's like a, this place down on the water. They get the canal. It cuts through Delaware, and uh, they deliver thanks to Postmates now. So I got this real nice meal, but I'm sitting here and I wanted to give Postmates a shout out for that. But I also wanted to just like bring to everybody's attention. We have a new sponsor in May and it's built bar. And these things are incredible. Did you get your box yet? I got my box. Did you try one? Not yet. I got them. Uh, Go I'm ahead. Gonna, I'm going to eat it today after a workout. Okay. Not yet. They are like, the consistency is like consistency is like three musketeers bars, but they're protein bars. Salted caramel is that what you got? Uh, I got a bunch of different flavors. Got like got a chocolate variety. raspberry. I got uh, a variety maybe, pack. Yeah, maybe I need to open it. Is it white? Yeah, you got to open. It. All right. Yeah. yeah. All right. So there's more. There's a variety in there. All right. So brother, yeah. and there's like little fizzy stick uh, stick things that you could put in your water for like seltzer water type things, like energy boosters, and st- it's awesome. Well, I look forward to trying that today. And then, uh, you know, look, we'll be talking about Built Bar all month in May. Big shout out to our new sponsor. Uh, I think the Bengals are looking forward to trying out Joe Burrow, too, (sighs) concerning they just cut Andy Dalton. Man, what an easy pick, huh? (laughs) Yeah. So this draft class, top to bottom, uh, they had the first pick in every round. And I don't believe they did any trades either, did they? No, never. Why would they do that? Yeah, right. So... Joe Burrow, quarterback, LSU at one. T. Higgins, wide receiver, Clemson at 33. Logan Wilson, linebacker from Wyoming at 65. Akeem Davis-Gaither, linebacker from App State at 107. Defensive end, Khalid Kareem at 147 from Notre Dame. Offensive lineman, Hakeem Adeniji from Kansas at 180. And linebacker, Marcus Bailey from Purdue at 215. Quarterback solved. Purgatory over. I love Andy Dalton. I thought he had a good run as a starting quarterback for the Cincinnati Bengals. I mean, five straight playoff appearances. That's only been done 31 times in NFL history. Andy Dalton made it happen for these Bengals. But the team peaked, never won right? a game, though. No, never won a game. And this team obviously peaked. They've reached all the success they can have with, with Andy Dalton. But now they got this guy in Joe Burrow, man, who is just – I can't wait to watch him play in the league, man, with his accuracy, his poise – um, his mentality, you know, his intangibles, his his demeanor. J- one of the funnest players I've ever watched this past year at LSU and, and just kind of keeping track of his season as a fan of him. And, and then, you know, obviously the analyst hat comes on, but I think he's just such a joy. And, um, you know, right away, I think the, the Bengals get a guy that can completely reinvigorate that entire – the franchise, to be completely honest with you. So I told you, Joe, okay. Bengals have picks remaining at 33, 65, 107, 147, 180, and 215. Yeah. Their 
supporting cast on the roster is what it is, and they're going to add T. Higgins and Akeem Adeniji to it. What is your reaction? That that's where I get disappointed, and I'm very nervous about the right side of this right side of this offensive line, which is scheduled to start Xavier Suafilo at guard, and then uh, Bobby Hart at right tackle. I think that's a liability. That's not Can't what I want. Well, yeah, no. Here's the thing. So you have that. And then you have Jonah Williams coming back at left tackle. The guy's never played a snap in the NFL, right? So you're only, I mean, who's their left guard? Like Billy Price or Michael Jordan? That's not great. And your starting center is Trey Hopkins. That's your best player up front. Like, this is not the offensive line that I want Joe Burrow stepping into, but this is what the ball, the, 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 the Bengals have provided for him. It's a big concern for me. Okay. So do I'm you going offensive the tackle at 33. Right. Do you want to go, do you want to play the game? Let's play the game. Uh, Robert Hunt was the next offensive lineman taken. Yeah. At 39. He'd be pretty good at right tackle. He'd be better than Bobby Hart. Yeah. Uh, then you have Ezra Cleveland at 58. Uh, Damian Lewis at, to Seattle at 69. Nice. Josh Jones at 72. By the way, Cincinnati's already picked again at 65. Yeah, they they could have gone wide receiver and then gone Josh offensive Jones. tackle sixty five and take Josh Jones. Right, but here's the question: If you do that, where does Jonah Williams play? Where does Josh Jones play? You moving Josh Jones to right tackle? Yeah, I think he's got enough technical work that he needs. Anyways, I might as well get him at a new spot. Call me crazy, I would have taken freaking Damian Lewis at sixty five. I I wouldn't have a problem in the world with that. I love the fact that they got their linebacker thing figured out because that's been a problem on that roster for years. But I don't know, man. This this offensive line makes me nervous. T. Higgins, I think Burrow can maximize Higgins, right? You want to you need an accurate quarterback to give Higgins a chance to do what he does best, and that's make plays on the football down the field. And and I like that marriage, but the depth of the wide receiver class did not scream, hey, go get T. Higgins at 33. Man, I really would have liked to see LaVisca Chenault be the pick there. If you're going to go a receiver, sure. Yeah. Yeah. Get a better if you're receiver. Go receiver, you know, Chenault, as far as versatility and run after catch. And because you think about who they have at wide receiver now, Tyler Boyd is really silky smooth over the middle route runner, right? But predominantly a slot guy. Yeah. You got AJ Green, who's didn't play a snap last year and getting a little long in the tooth on the franchise tag anyway. John Ross. Yeah. Am I forgetting a wide receiver? Is that? Well, they've got like Auden Tate, um, who's come along for them a little so bit. So who's the, who's the Justin Jefferson guy? I guess you hope it's Tyler Boyd. Not as dynamic. No. Not as physical. Okay, we got. A problem. I mean, you could add Lavisca play that role, and I would have been more excited about that, but. With that being said, uh, as as far as what they do have here now, I guess the the saving grace if you're Cincinnati and you're Zach Taylor, if you look at this, is to say, okay, well, Joe is so smart in the pre-snap. Offensive line liabilities are going to be mitigated because Joe is going to make sure that we are in the right play. Joe is going to make sure that the ball is out of his hands quickly. Hell of a thing for a rookie quarterback to have to do in year yeah. one. No pressure. I do. I do really like if we want to get on positivity for the Bengals. This team has athleticism at linebacker. All of a sudden, right? First time in years. Kudos to them. That is a a big win for the Bengals because they're um, 
their linebacker group coming in what was Jordan uh Jordan Evans was the most athletic linebacker that they had, right? Well they've been starting like Nick Vigil and Preston Brown and Vontas Perfect and just really heavy footed guys. And Josh Bynes is a good free agent pickup. They have Jermaine Pratt who has some athleticism last year. Now you factor no, in stop. Get Pratt out of here. You you and Jermaine Pratt, whatever your issue with him is just beyond me. But now you add Logan Wilson and Akeem Davis Gaither, and you got really athletic, especially Akeem Davis Gaither, who is not the type of player we've seen the Cincinnati Bengals gravitate towards, who could probably be a really nice sub package player for you. I mean, really dynamic weaving through traffic and finding ways to finish. So uh, look, I, I like what, what is happening here on the second level of the Bengals defense behind a very good defensive line. Jermaine Pratt gave up a quarterback rating of 120. Yeah. Okay. 9.3 yards per target. I don't, your, your vendetta against Jermaine Pratt is the weirdest thing about you. He missed almost 10% of his tackles last year. Almost 10%. That's actually pretty good. Under If you're sub 10%, that's pretty good. So a rookie that's converting from safety. That was a one-year starter at NC state wound up starting and being a decent player for the Bengals in year one. He started half the season. Good. I mean, do you no, think well, that was his peak, his ceiling? I mean, if you liked Jermaine Pratt so much, why did you use half your draft on linebackers? Because you still needed other linebackers. <laughs> then why'd you sign Josh Bynes? Because Josh Bynes is a career well, backup, a veteran depth. You need a veteran in the room. Flippers. What? They brought in, they literally brought in six new linebackers into this group this year. Because they only had one to work with. They needed to rebuild they the whole had thing. to work with. They had one in Jermaine Pratt. You needed a veteran in Josh Bynes. You got that. <laughs> I low-key really like the addition of Khalid Kareem for the based off what like they've gone towards at defensive end. You know, they got like this weird little mix now of like Carl Lawson as an undersized speedy guy, and Sam Hubbard is like a little bit of a do-it-all, and like Kareem is a guy who can learn behind Carlos Dunlap, I like a lot. Really nice players to build around with Jermaine Pratt on that defense. Yeah, the real franchise cornerstone, Jermaine Pratt. Let's talk about the Browns. Third round pick. He'll be a nice, solid player from them. Browns ended up having four top 100 picks, Joe. None of them as good as Jermaine Pratt, linebacker. Jacob Offensive tackle, Jedrick. It's a worse pick than Jermaine Pratt in the third round. Definitely way worse. Offensive tackle, Jedrick Wills, Alabama at 10. Free safety, Grant Delpit, LSU at 44. Defensive tackle, Jordan Elliott at 88 from Missouri. Jacob Phillips, linebacker, LSU at 97. Tight end, Harrison Bryan, FAU at 115. Uh, interior offensive lineman, Nick Harris from Washington at 160. And wide receiver, Donovan Peoples-Jones at 187. Good first two picks. I, mean, I think two- you can play musical chairs here with these picks and get a really good draft class. <laughs> Put um, Peoples Jones up at 88. Right. And put Nick Harris at 97. Yeah, you like I'm that. Not a a Jordan, I'm not a Jordan Elliott guy. Yeah, me neither. Especially for a 4 3 defense. Wouldn't be my favorite pick for him. But yeah, I mean, OT1, Jedrick Wills at 10, right, is, is a and big safety deal. Safety 1, Grant Delpit. Actually, safety 2, Grant Delpit at 44. What do you think about the people that are nervous about having. Jedrick Wills flip to the left side. He's got all the movement skills to do it. Yeah, what's like the big it, concern there? If it goes bad, move back to right tackle. You guys don't have any good tackles except for Jack Conklin, who's on a three-year deal. So, like, 
We'll figure it out. I don't think it's going to be a problem. I really I don't do. anticipate it'll be a problem. But like, if we get two years down the road and Jedrick is struggling at left tackle because he's naturally a right tackle, move back to right tackle. Agreed, Grant Delpit. I mean, they they went out and got what like uh, Sandejo and Carl Joseph for that safety room, and Grant Delpit icing on the cake and really fixing that problem. I think at safety that they had last year. Um, so I'm a big fan of those first two picks. I don't think I don't think Browns fans could have dreamed it up any better than those two. Man, um, the secondary looks nice, doesn't it? It does. A lot of good young players. And World Ward, Joseph, Delpit, and Greedy. Yep. They got Kevin, Kevin Johnson back nice, there. Nice depth in him. Sendejo, as you mentioned, Sheldrick Redwine, who I liked a bit coming out of Miami, his a mid round pick last year. Yep. It's good These linebackers are a problem, though. Big problem. Yep. <laughs> Taki Taki, Mac Wilson, and Jacob, Jacob Phillips. Phillips. Presumably. Or Jermaine Grice. Or Jermaine yeah. Grace. Yeah, it's that's not great. But their secondary is nice. Go um, sell packages, guys. I like DPJ for this offense. I mean, I think they could have used another outside guy. Obviously, they brought back um, Rashard Higgins, which was a good move. But I think a guy that you can groom as, as an outside receiver to allow you know, some of your other targets to work more from the inside, I think that was a good move, especially at 187. I'm not, I'm not super worried about the, the pass catchers for the sense of this offense has Austin Hooper and David Njoku on it. Uh-huh. And you got Jarvis Landry, and you got Odell Beckham. And now you got Donovan Peoples-Jones as another like, big-bodied slot-type guy like they are going to give you some problems out of two tight end sets. And I expect they're going to condense the field a little bit, which is interesting, right? Because you think about Baker and what he was so good at at Oklahoma. But I guess, I don't know. What are, what are your thoughts there as far as from a Baker strengths and weaknesses and what, what he seemed to thrive with in year one under Hugh versus what we're presuming when we look at this personnel that we see, you know, it's going to be a lot more tight formations or you're going to go, uh, you're going to flex one of these guys out into the slot and then go heavy personnel and then stretch you with space and take advantage of the athleticism, which might actually be the best play. Yeah. I like what you said there at the end. And plus, I mean, Baker, I don't think he's limited in any way. Maybe you're not like fully taking advantage of his ability to see the whole field, but the idea of this offense kind of finding completions, I think he'll be able to do it just fine. So um, I like the idea of having some more spread, but I think there's some friendliness about this system as well that, you know, can, can maybe keep things on schedule more consistently. Let me ask you this, Nick Harris, yeah. uh, 160 overall, you know, we, we talk about him and his mobility, his ability to win in space. You know, Garrett Bradby, Garrett Bradbury was the first round pick for the Vikings where Kevin Stefanski came from last year. I mean, is there a chance we could see Nick Harris have a real run at the center job? Maybe you move JC Treader to guard and upgrade that situation where Wyatt Teller's your scheduled starter. Well, I think that's the interesting bit of this, right? Is you got to find the best combo of five. Yeah. And what does that look like? And we'd assume that the tackles are set and Betonio at, at left guard is set. Wyatt Teller like what he can provide. And I know the team like Drew Forbes, they picked him uh, the sixth round of, of last year's draft as a developmental guy. Um, I think you're going to get 
some competition there. I don't think Nick Harris is an answer anywhere other than center based on his build. Right. right. Uh, and that's fine. Uh, the question then becomes, you know, how, how much, how married are you to Treader being kind of the glue for your offensive line as the center? And if they're receptive to that. And, but I think Nick Harris could provide some good value as far as the style of rushing attack that they're going to have uh, in Cleveland under Kevin Stefanski. So, I wouldn't rule it out, but I think Nick does need to get his weight room strength up a little bit uh, yeah. based on what we saw at the Senior Bowl. And if he gets there or if he surprises or if he, he has a killer offseason. And that's, that is an interesting thing about you know the, the climate right now in the, the country with the travel restrictions and whatnot, Joe, is like these guys probably have gotten back into football weight training and less – pre-draft process training if that makes sense yeah so it's like a lot of the times you see these guys that are training to run fast and jump high instead of being bigger faster stronger from a functional football perspective they're almost training for track they're not training for the same thing be interested to see you know if if we hear from guys a year or two down the road and say well how i handled that time helped me prepare better to get into the league Hopefully they've uh, take advantage of that opportunity. But I mean, all in all, we like this Browns draft class. I think it was one of the better classes, right? I mean, very, very solid. I don't love the Jacob Phillips pick. I think Harrison Bryant was a little bit rich, but you flop them with Nick Harrison, DPJ, and we got something brewing here. Yeah, this is, they got four football players. I feel really good about in Jedrick Grant, Nick Harrison, people's Jones. There's going to be a ton of variability around Jordan Elliott and his play. If you can harness the good plays, great. Do I feel super confident that that happens? No, I think there's some variance in his play. And then the Jacob Phillips pick, which you mentioned, top like they traded up into that pick, didn't they? Total jag. Total jag. I don't get it. And like there was, there was, was it Bob McGinn did the, uh, the the scout recap before the draft and there was one team that thought jacob phillips was the best linebacker in this year's draft yeah i don't i don't get it i don't know how you watch the tape and come away with that insane yeah talk about the steelers yeah so i'll do it i'll do it we'll we'll find something to talk about here i guess 49 chase claypool (laughs) wide receiver notre dame 102 edge alex highsmith charlotte 124 running back anthony mcfarland from maryland 135, offensive lineman Kevin Dodson from Louisiana. 198, safety Antoine Brooks from Maryland. And 232, uh, defensive tackle Carlos Davis from Nebraska. Wow, he got drafted. Um, so here we go. It's This is the Pittsburgh Steelers and their elite ability to scout wide receivers. They made the pick of Chase Claypool in the top 50. They evidently felt like they needed to have this type of receiver for this offense. Yeah, so this was an interesting draft class in general because you think about where the Steelers are at right now. They're in a win-now window. They have an elite defense. You got Ben Roethlisberger coming back from injury this year. He's in the twilight of his career. Is Claypool the receiver that is going to help you win right now? And I should know better. I should know better than to question the Steelers' ability to draft wide receivers. 
because when's the last time they got burned doing this? They haven't. James Washington, maybe. The book's still out on him. No, James will be fine. I like James. Do you know about this breaking news that's just went down? No. We have breaking news. The Miami Dolphins have made a trade. I'm not kidding about this either. Charles Harris sent to the Atlanta Falcons for a draft (laughs) pick. (laughs) Free! Imagine giving anything for Charles Harris. It's evidently happened. The Falcons have given up. A draft pick. The Falcons have given up a draft pick for Charles Harris. 2017 first round pick of the Miami Dolphins. So they cut Taco Charlton last night. Yeah. Or yesterday. And I quote tweeted and said, Harris, next question mark. Yep. You're right. They didn't cut him, though. They got they got something for him. The Falcons was, gave him something. He was next. Yeah. So there you go. You 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 are Charles Harris free, my friend. No longer part of your Say life. Say it again. Say it again. You, you're, you have been freed of Charles Harris. Did he officially finish his career with more like uh, offsides penalties than he did uh, sacks? Well, he had three, sa- three and a half sacks. In his career. Okay. In 41 games with the Dolphins. Yeah. That's not great. <laughs> uh, let's pull it up. Talk about these Steelers things. Well, yeah. Let's, so, you, I mean, look, Claypool – Especially for what they were been trying to get out of the tight end position, I think in terms of a big flexed player, he'll give Ben an opportunity to make some plays. I mean, that's where he excels is down the field in contested situations. Um, he's also pretty good on those drag routes, but I don't know who isn't. So I like how he can fit into this offense. But yeah, I mean, the, the reality is, is, you know, if you think you got Calvin Johnson 2.0 here, then that's very, very aggressive. Uh, if you're yeah. Go ahead. And, and no, just real quick, as far as like, his high point ball skills, like that makes sense for Big Ben, right? Yeah. I yep. just, I guess you wanted another perimeter receiver so that you could confidently move Juju back to the slot? Maybe so. And if so, you get the best version of, of Juju. Plus, you have a good separation guy in Deontay Johnson, who I'm excited to see with Ben um, coming out, you know, like I did. He, they, Ben was hurt last year, so we didn't get to see that really come together. James Washington can be your go ball guy. So some potential here. Do you have I the numbers here? Uh, no. I you don't. don't? Okay. All right. Well, then I'd like to move on and talk about Alex Smith and or Alex I. Smith. Speaking of Alex Smith, I'm looking forward to the documentary tonight. Is that tonight? It's tonight at 730 on ESPN. Let me write that down. Just <laughs> Don't eat beforehand because I've seen I've seen the picture. Holy cow, man! And this man wants to play again <laughs> after that. Man, I don't. I, I'm anxious warrior. to see how he's doing, man. That's Absolute fun. warrior. So I'm looking forward to getting caught up with Alex. Um, I really like the Highsmith pick. I like yeah. the McFarland pick, and I like the Antoine Brooks pick a lot. I like the Dotson pick a lot too. Well, Dotson is on brand for them, right? Yeah, very much the the barroom brawler type. Makes a lot of sense. You know, they already punch you in the mouth and they, they tease, they would be going with another running back. So I like the fact that instead of taking uh, a former college tight end from NC state, you're actually going to play a running back at running back as your RB two, mm-hmm. and uh, McFarlane with his home run hitting ability in Pittsburgh and with the vicinity that they have to Maryland, taking two guys from Maryland this year that I think have a lot of pro potential and Brooks being a sub package guy who can prowl around the box and, McFarlane being a home run hitter as compared to James Conner with his uh, more physical running style. Uh, they make those two picks for me make a lot of sense. And Highsmith 
if there was ever a team that that has shown that they have the the prototype to take a 250 pound edge guy who's not great setting the edge against the run and turn him into a great football player it's the Steelers and what they did with TJ Watt and I'm not saying Alex Highsmith is the next TJ Watt but there's a pathway to for success for Alex Highsmith based on how the Steelers have elected to use TJ Watt and especially with Bud Dupree's contract situation I mean th- this team has a lot of contracts to deal with after this year and, and to be able to have a player in the wings that can help you at edge, you know, potentially be the start of their opposite TJ Watt in 2021. I like that pick a ton. Um, Brooks makes sense for them. He's just going to blow stuff up. Um, kind of maybe what they thought Sean Davis could do. So they, you know, they lost one Maryland safety, bring in another one. And then I, look, if Carlos Davis makes this team, <laughs> I will be quite surprised. Good story. Those guys well, are they, some good things. You got to have be able to anchor at the point. Is Carlos Davis going to anchor against any NFL center? He's a big boy. Okay. He is a he's three hundred twenty pounds with an explosive first step. What was Javon Hargrave? Oh please, you I'm can't. not saying no, and I'm not comparing them as football players because Carlos Davis is nowhere near the stratosphere. But as far as the physical traits. What was Javon Hargrave? He was a big dude with an explosive first step. The fact that they used a draft pick on him and the Steelers lost Javon Hargrave tells me there's a reasonable chance Carlos Davis makes this roster because there is a vacancy in that role. Because who else is their nose tackle? Anybody else would be better than Carlos Davis. He's a developmental player. Uh, They got Chris Wormley there and Daniel McCullers. Better better find some fat guy off the street because I don't think Carlos Davis can well, help you. McCullers can eat the gap, but he can't move. Right. And Wormley, I really liked, but I didn't think he was a nose. Yeah, it's a I think he's better him. off playing behind Cam Hayward at defensive end. Find some street guy to come in and play nose for you. Listen, Daniel McCullers in first and second down, third down, Carlos Davis. Just ask him to push the pocket on centers. I think he can. He's he went four eight at three twenty. He's got explosiveness. Yeah, did you watch him play? I did, but <laughs> it's like you you literally put him in a role where you ask him to do one thing. It's that whole scouting mantra of what can a guy do? Carlos Davis can line up and run fast and be twitched in short space. If you just asked him to to try and collapse the pocket. Hopefully can find, find some play strength so we can do that for the Steelers. Cause they need that role. They need, they need that role in a big way. Well, I think that's why they drafted him. Look at that's your, you're pounding the table for Carlos Davis. I've made it. Listen after. to me. What's what has become of me? I don't know. You're Jermaine Pratt hater and a Carlos Davis <laughs> lover. <laughs> so guy loses right. Charles Harris. And now he's just, a Oh man, person. I am. I am going to jump out. I'm on the, the third floor of my mom's basement here. I'm going to jump out in just a sec. The third floor of your mom's basement. You know, yeah, you know, we're we're mom's basement scouts. It's all we just live at home and eat pizza rolls and live in our mom's basement. So. So. Oh, the, so the good thing about the Dolphins 27 draft class is they still have players on their team. Devon Godchow and Cordray are not our Raekwon McMillan. Yeah. Did, were you going to say Tankersley? Because he's still on the roster. Yeah, but what's just his hurt. deal? Why, why can't he help so the he, team? He tore his ACL in practice midway through 2018, and he yeah. was effectively pupped. So, like, he was on pup, and then, like, he he was not physically ready to get back on the field. 
So Isiata. here's hope, here's here's hoping he could bounce back. Isiata's a uh, police officer now. Yeah, he, didn't he? He retired. Yeah. Yeah, he retired and he's a police officer now, which is pretty cool. Buffalo Bills great Vincent Taylor part of that mix. But as you mentioned, Raquan McMillan and Devon Godshaw are the predominant contributors off yeah, that draft. Two class. Two starters. You get two starters from a draft yeah, class. You get a two two starters from any draft class. You do good. Right. If you're picking what they have like six, seven picks in that class. They did. Yep. One, two, a three, and then nothing in the four. Two fives, a six, and a seven. Isaiah Ford's still on the team, right? He is. He actually uh was pretty integral in that game winning drive against the Patriots week seventeen, too. So oh, look at that. Helping you win football games. Isaiah Ford. Rank these draft classes, Joe. Baltimore, Baltimore, Baltimore. <laughs> uh yes. Baltimore's one. Um, Cleveland to Cincinnati's three because they got Burrow for Pittsburgh. I agree with you. I feel like Cleveland got more splash players. Obviously, Burrow was the most important player added to the division. Yeah. Um, would have liked to have seen them go some different directions with the offensive supporting cast decisions that they made. I like that they got more athletic at linebacker. I like Khalid Kareem. Um, but Cleveland walking out with Wills, Delpit, uh, Peoples-Jones. I think especially Wills and Delpit, you know, as a team that's ready to win now, I think we'll make a big splash. Burrow, uh, Jackson, Mayfield in this division. Quarterbacks. It's fun. It is. And then Ben. (laughs) And then Ben. The last of the old guard. He really is, isn't he? Well, Phil Rivers is still starting at games, but he'll be with the Colts. And, and he really Brady. is. Tom Brady's still cooking. Drew Brees. Aaron Rodgers. But, like, Brady's on a two-year deal. Yeah. Brees is in the last year. I think Ben's on the last year of his deal. He's due, like, $40 million or something like that. Like, I'd come back and play, too. <laughs> um, <laughs> and then Phillip's probably done after this year, too. So, the times they are a-changing, and we are a-done with this show. Come on back Monday. Uh, we have the Souths and the Wests to get into for 2020 NFL Draft Class recaps and takes on takes on Tuesday. So I'm Kyle Krabs with Joe Marino signing off. Thanks as always for listening to the Draft Dudes Podcast.